Hi everyone, it's Karen Chong. Welcome to another episode of Mastering Your World Through Frequencies, where we explore how frequencies shape our world and begin to release the unconscious patterns that keep us stuck so we can realize our greatest potential. I've received a lot of questions about animals and pets and how things work for them on frequency level. Like, do animals have distortions too? Do some animals process human distortion more than others? Are some animals more intuitive or higher in resonance than others? And what can they teach us? So today, I'll be answering some of your most frequently asked questions about pets and animals, what they can teach us, how they can help us, and why we love them so much. And after the discussion, we get to the most important part of this episode. The group frequency calibration at the end is where the frequency work happens and where change actually occurs. So be sure to listen to that. Without releasing distortion patterns targeted by the GFC, the change you want will be more difficult to attain because you haven't addressed the root of the issue. Today, in Mastering Your World Through Frequencies, we're discussing frequencies and FIDO, the dynamic between people and animals. So what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about pets and animals because so many people have questions about them. And in fact, we have a number of people who have written in questions that they'd like to know about, just in terms of pets, animals, frequencies, spirit level, all that stuff. So today we're going to answer some frequently asked questions about yeah. pets and animals. Yeah, that's a good that's a good topic because we never really mention pets, but they're very involved in this too. They're yeah. living beings. Yeah. With their own frequencies. Yeah, and a lot of people, that's their family. You know, pets yeah. are part of people's families now. Yeah. So, yeah. Some pets are their babies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Her babies. Yeah. Okay, so the first question we have is pets, do they inherently have their own versions of frequency distortions the mm -hmm. way humans do? Mm -hmm. Obviously, they're embodied, so they have distortions, but the negative ones that we humans are trying to clear, do they have those? Yeah. So no, animals don't because they um, exist in the present moment, okay? They're not like humans where we are scattered outside of the present moment. So meaning like as humans, we can move our consciousness around okay. and, um, as a, and we also have minds. So our minds will spin us up and into all these different time distortions, time loops. You know, we think about and worry about the future. We li can live in the past. So we're not very present in the moment often. We're worried about all kinds of things. So our minds do a lot of things which take us out of being in the present moment of linear time. Mm. Animals, anything in nature actually, animals, plants, rocks, whatever, anything in the natural world exists only in the present moment. They, they don't have the same... Um, ability, let's call it that, and or the same distortion that comes from being able to not be in the present moment. They're kind of locked in the present moment. Mm -hmm. So they don't have the same distortion as we do because they just exist. Now, they can take on our distortion, but it doesn't mean that when they pop into the world as like a little puppy or a little kitten or a little budgie or whatever that is that, that they are, mm -hmm. that they have distortion because they come in and they're fully present in the moment. Mm -hmm. And they, like again, don't have minds in the same way we do. So they yeah. can exist in that present moment and not have the same distortion. Mm -hmm. So they're very, very different. So they don't run distortion like okay. we do. So they don't have any at all? When they or are just not like our human ones? Yeah, so their distortion usually becomes, um, so if you, so you're, the question you're asking could be something like, well, I have a dog that acts out, right? That's aggressive, sure, sure. that tends to chew on things, that whatever. Yeah. Okay. 
So that kind of behavior is often when they like uh, absorb, first of all, human behavior. Okay, so meaning human distortion. So they can do that. So animals can take on human distortion. Dogs will do it a lot, actually, uh, for their owners. Um, so will cats too, but more dogs, actually. Um, they also can, um, unfortunately, uh, can be very abused by humans, right? So when we abuse animals, uh, they, of course, shift, right? Because they are now, they have a memory. So it's not really a distortion, it's more like a memory, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah. So they're in response to that wounding, obviously, right? Because they've been traumatized by physical abuse or sometimes sexual abuse. It's really kind of gross what humans do sometimes to animals. Oh but um, anyway, so uh, they will have the wounding around that, but it's not, when they come in, they're not just they don't have like lineage distortion patterns. They don't have cultural Got distortion it. patterns yes. or religious distortion. They don't have any of that. No. Now, if we do something horrible to them or they're attacked by another dog or whatever, they may have a response to that and a memory to that. But do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's not the same kind of distortion that we have as a human. Yep, it's very different. different. It's really okay. different. Yeah. Thank you, that's clear. Yeah. yeah. Okay, um, the next question is, how common is it for pets to take on the distortions of their human pack? Yeah, it's pretty co common, especially, um, it depends, well, in the, uh, let's call it the, in the Western world, okay, a lot of, um, a lot of people will um, have pets as a replacement for kids, in a way, sometimes, mm -hmm. uh -huh. or they'll treat them as children, okay, and they forget that the dog is a dog, okay, especially the dog. in Southern California. <laughs> Sorry, I must say. <laughs> yes, so yes. there's a lot of like um, fussing around fur babies, right? Because they yeah. replace, for yeah. a lot of people, children. And so they treat uh, animals, these dogs or cats or whatever it is that they have, um, little mini pigs or whatever it is that they, <laughs> they love and they have, mm -hmm. as if they're children and as if they're human, but they're not human. Right. They're animals. So you'll notice that if you travel to other countries where they don't have that same dynamic with animals, the animals are more animal-like, okay? Like they just stay animals, right? Mm -hmm. They're just, they're, you, you know what I mean? They behave like regular animals, but mm -hmm. animals that have been pets in places where people project all this stuff onto them because they are uh, baby replacements mm -hmm. or partner replacements or whatever it is, friend, friend replacement, mm -hmm. whatever, um, then the animals tend to like suck up more of the human distortion. Now things are changing as consciousness rises because a lot of animals are, it's interesting, breaking free of that. They're like, I don't want to take any more of your distortion. Like, it's interesting. Some animals, just like some kids who are like new consciousness kids, they're like, uh, you can't control me, mm -hmm. right? Like I won't have it, mm -hmm. right? And it doesn't need to necessarily be bratty, but it's like they have an ownership or an authority around their space. So animals are shifting too. Mm -hmm. Now some animals are very controlled by humans and so they're like within the control pattern of the human. Mm. So they'll kind of like absorb that and take on different um, patterns from their owners. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So they'll absorb um, like the distortion patterns of their owners. So yes, there are animals that will take on the distortion of their owners. Um, definitely, I've seen a lot of dogs will do it. 
cats can too. But again, it's, I don't know why dogs will do this. Mm -hmm. I, we have an interesting relationship with dogs, I mm -hmm. think, as humans. And so they'll kind of, they'll take things on, but they're starting to less, which is really, I think, wonderful because I don't think they need to sacrifice themselves mm -hmm. like that anymore because it's not really their issue. It's a human's issue. Right. Yeah. And they're just there as like punching bags. Like sometimes, yeah. Punching. Yeah, or like with sponges to yeah. take on the, the distortion that someone can't handle. Do you ever notice some some owners and pets start to look the same? Yeah, it's kind of odd. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's probably part of it. Like, they're just kind of like... Yeah, they merge and, and they it's merge. weird. That their fields start to merge. And it's yeah. kind of... It's not great, actually, for the animal nor for the owner. Yeah. It's just like intertwining with a partner. Yeah. yeah, it's codependency. Yeah. Right? Really, it's better if you're each separate, mm -hmm. individual beings, and the animal is an animal. Yeah, you know, and you're and just sharing. And you're love just together, sharing. Yeah, yeah, and you're sharing space together, and it's allowed to be in its pack, and it's allowed to have certain, uh, you know, ways of like being an animal, allowing it to be present and just yeah. what it is. You that, know that that new theme, not to cut you off, no, is like no. the emotional support animals. Yeah, that's becoming a huge thing. Yeah. And like, what was it? Someone had an emotional support peacock or something. Like, oh, maybe. It's getting ridiculous. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I don't know. Like, the, the, the boundaries are kind of... Getting weird. Yeah. yeah. And it's really, it's interesting with all the emotional support animals. And I totally understand why people have them. And it's, it's you're kind of unburdening something else in a way. And mm -hmm. really, it's if you... And I'm not blaming people for having emotional distress or emotional stuff coming up that's hard for them to deal with and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I get it. And ultimately, um, it's our responsibility, if we want to be free of it, to clear it from ourselves. Because really, the animal can't clear it for you. Okay? It really can't. It's just like someone else can't clear your distortion for you. Right. Right? You have to choose to release your, to be aware of your own distortion, to be accountable for it, and then to release it. Mm -hmm. right? and, that's, and of course, I help with all of that, just in terms of releasing it from frequency level. But it's your responsibility. If you want to shift fundamentally, like having it be shared with someone else or burdening another being, whether it's a person or an animal, doesn't clear you of it. It doesn't free you of it. Right. It just makes it a little bit less bearable for you. You're kind of not you. taking responsibility. You're not taking responsibility. So it yeah. makes it more bearable in a way, yeah. um, but it doesn't make it go away mm -hmm. because fundamentally you haven't addressed the issue, which is the distortion, which is causing those thoughts, emotions, etc. that experience, that reality. Once you release those and have the accountability to, um, so when I say release those, I mean, if you do the work, the frequency work to release it, and then have the accountability on the physical, mental, emotional level to confirm the removal, that's when things can shift. Yeah. And that's when you fundamentally change and you'll start to feel lighter and clearer and brighter. And then you don't need the animal or the person to support you mm -hmm. because you're clearing yourself. Yes. So that's the yeah. most important thing. And I think there's a difference between like pets by nature typically tend to be therapeutic. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and they have therapeutic. Um, I know someone who has these miniature horses she brings to like, nursing homes oh, totally. or kids like that's sweet there's like an event and you bring them and it's lovely yeah. but like to have the animal emotional support animal like constantly everywhere you go okay. I was distinguishing that yeah. like of course pets are therapeutic, therapeutic yeah for an event here and there to have at your house but like some, sometimes it gets a little well, too much yeah. yeah because because like I said that's an unburdening at that point right right and the thing about why are pets therapeutic like why do people love pets so much they're in the present because <laughs> Exactly, because they're in the present moment. Yeah. And when they're in the present moment, they allow you to come into their field of the present moment. Mm. The more they take on your stuff, 
the less able they are be able to be in that present moment. That's why they get kind of neurotic. Mm -hmm. If you notice, like there are dogs who like go completely bananas because yeah. they're kind of neurotic, just like their owners. So the thing is, um, the wonderful thing about frequency work is that pets love frequency work, by the way. Okay. It's really fascinating. So I have, I have a lot of clients with pets because, you know, a lot of people have pets these days. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as we start frequency work, their animals will come from all different corners of the oh. house and just sit yep. to be in the field of it. Because yep. they like it. It helps them. It feels light and clear. And it's like it's very in the present moment. Um, I can clear animals of different things, you know, mm -hmm. their owner's distortions, mm -hmm. um, their physical stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just beings. Everything is a frequency package. Mm -hmm. So you can work with frequencies. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's an animal, a human, a disembodied being, it doesn't matter, mm -hmm. right? They're all frequency packages. So with animals, I can help clear them too. And sometimes because they have taken on the distortion of the humans, they're not in the present moment, which is very, 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 very um, disconcerting for the animal. Because okay, that's their nature. It's their, their nature. State, yeah, their their state. state. Yeah, so don't like being pulled out of the present, right? Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to. You have to actually, there has to be a lot of distortion there for mm -hmm. the animal to come out of that present moment. Mm -hmm. So it's not great for them. And it's not very often that that happens, but it can. Yeah. And so it's helpful to have them cleared. And like I said, if you are, the wonderful thing about animals or nature just in general, it's like I said, it brings you into that present moment. Mm -hmm. And so you can just be with that animal, mm -hmm. right? And pet it and play with it and mm -hmm. whatever. And it'll pull you into that mm. present moment. Just like a little baby will do the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. the same. Like, why do we all love babies? Well, they're cute, first of all, but also they don't have the same time distortion we do. They're just present. They're just are. Yeah. So we want to be in that field because it right. feels good to us. Yeah. I see. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, you kind of answered this. Are there GFCs that can help them? Yeah, the one they, after this will help. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. So the GFC after this, so the group frequency calibration after this, um, will help to clear your pets. So if you uh, if they have some of your stuff, it'll help to clear pets. And also what I'll do is I'll help people come into the present moment that animals are in all the time mm. because that feels good to us. Okay? Just mm -hmm. It's our nature. We are part animal. That's, that's our nature. We're part animal because we're embodied, right? Mm -hmm. So we're mammals just like them. And so we all like to be in the present moment. It feels good to us. So uh, that's what we'll do in the GFC. Perfect. So, yeah. So if you play GFCs, you'll find your pets like them. <laughs> Great. So this one in particular, you can just play it aloud while your pet is around. Yeah. It, it will affect them. Okay. Yeah. Great. Um, are there some animals that might process human distortions more than others? Like... Cats, dogs, rabbits, is there some, like dogs, I think you said a little bit more? Dogs will more. Um, it depends on how strong the distortion is, and it depends how much the person is pushing the distortion into the animal. Right. Um, cats are interesting. Uh, cats are more willful, and they are more aware of their space. And they're not as much like, dogs are more in service to humans in a weird way. Sure, yeah. Um, Cats are like, okay, honey, I'm not having any of that. Oh, yeah. All right, that's yours. A little more, <laughs> a little more boundaries, independence. Yeah. yeah, exactly. A lot more like, like staked mm, in their space. Mm-mm. Mm, yeah. <laughs> right? And fair enough. Yeah. You know, why would they take it on? Right. So they're a little bit different than dogs. Um, they're better able to hold their space. Um, and as a result, don't take on as but much But then you have stuff. those cats that are kind of more dog-like. So maybe those yes. in particular. Yep. Right? You they know, can be. You yeah. have those cats that act almost, almost like, like dogs. dogs yep that they want to be in service, service. to you they, yeah they're not as independent it's rarer but yeah you know they still they, have them and cat and yeah. cats some cats man it's fascinating i've met certain cats i'm like oh okay so this being looks like a cat but it's actually a being 
like a higher level being and they've come in in the form of a cat. And I've seen that in with horses and stuff like wow. that too. It's a higher level being and these cats are like weirdly um, like knowing, you know, they, and they have an ability to um, shift the reality around them and they have certain ability. It's very interesting. Cat, some cats are very fascinating. They can do certain things mm. and um, not all cats are like this, but some are. Um, and they are fascinating creatures from that perspective. Mm. Yeah. So, cool. yeah. The pet world. Yeah, the pet world. <laughs> okay, this question says, um, not necessarily pets, but horses are, in, are intuitive or can communicate with humans with just the mind. How does this happen, and is it specific to them? Oh, I see. So she's she's asking about animals generally. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So um, so what that question? I'm just gonna rephrase that question. Yeah. So are there animals that communicate uh, not from uh, communicate telepathically, and are they special? I think is like the oh, other question. Oh, sure. yeah. Let's just answer it that way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's my interpretation <laughs> of your like, question. That was a weird question. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So yeah, there are certain creatures that are very. Um, telepathic and special. So horses are definitely one, and all of you horse people know this, right? <laughs> horse people are like, I mean, it's a thing. Yeah, and it's a deep it's thing. A deep thing. Mm -hmm. And horses, like dogs, have a very special relationship with humans. And horses are very special. They um, can be higher level beings, especially the ones with big hearts. Kind of like, um, there's a very, uh, Seabiscuit was a very famous racing horse, mm -hmm. and um, he had an enormous heart, like a, a larger than normal heart. And there are horses that have larger than normal hearts. You mean like physically? Yeah, physically larger, oh. fill up their whole chest cavity. Oh, okay. And um, are often called medicine horses, and I've visited some of them. Mm. And those beings are very, very special. They are able to um, clear distortion, they are able to clear energy around people. They are, uh, because they hold the present moment so strongly, when they see distortion in us, it's like they want to bring us into our, their pack, but we lower the vibration of their pack. So what they do is they clear us in order for us to be, to up, all be, be in, in the same herd, yeah. in a healthy herd. So what they'll do is they'll literally, um, like Chris and I have been to see medicine horses, uh, up in British Columbia in Victoria mm. um, with this very special woman by the name of Tia Barnes, if you ever get to see her, 13 Moon Ranch. And she has very special horses there and she works with kids who have disabilities who are, um, wow. and stuff like that and they come, they start to change a lot. She works with people and uh, these horses hold the present moment so strongly, like the entire time we were there, I didn't have a thought. Like wow. literally, I didn't think. Wow. It's just like, Nothing, because they were holding that present moment. So, and they did yeah. all this work on uh, Chris and I, uh, opening different centers and pulling us into. The, and literally, one of those horses, and it's, you may or may not believe this, and that's fine, but literally showed me the grids behind the reality. They pulled me. He pulled me right into it, so I could see it. He's like, "This is what's real," and I'm like, "Whoa." <laughs> Like matrix. It was like yeah. matrix. He he's like he's like this is what wow. it is. He's like, and then it was amazing because he would. Um, it was we were working. We worked with three females and one male horse, and I can't remember which horse it is. I'm sorry, right now. But mm -hmm. it was interesting because um, we are all one. So as soon as um, I was, I'm not used to horses. I was I never grew up with horses, mm -hmm. and they're very big. So yes. horses are large, so and scary. it's a little scary yeah. if you're not used to horses, and I'm not. So <laughs> anyway, he was trying to do something um, with me, but I was a little frightened because he was so big. Mm. 
And so what happened, so Tia, Tina said to him, do it another way, find another way. And so what, and she's, she literally will translate between the horse and you. She's amazing. Wow. Yeah, no, she's, because she's part of that herd. So she, and telepathically is communicating with them. She's incredible. And um, so what he did was he worked on her. And I could feel it as, she, I could see it because he was showing me in the grid, how working on her affected me and then affected him. I could see it in the field. What? And I was like, wow, what a gift. Like he was like, it is one. He was showing me over and over, it is one, it is one. But uh -huh. he was kept showing it to me, you know, uh -huh. as to make it like much more visceral. He was an incredible wow. teacher. And so horses are very special. And um, these beings are, uh, are from a very specific uh, star system. Mm. these particular horses that she's working with. Mm. And uh, not all horses are. Okay, I'm not saying every horse on the planet it's yeah. a star being, okay? Yeah, yeah. So please don't yeah. say that I'm saying that because I'm yeah. not. Yeah. However, some special horses are elevated beings mm -hmm. and they take on the form of a horse to do the work that they want to do. Wow. Um, so horses are very special. You can communicate. So it's not like the horses communicate with their minds. I just want to make this very clear. Animals don't communicate with their minds. They communicate through their heart and they speak in the language of the one. So when you are disembodied, we don't talk. It's not like when we're disembodied on different dimensional orders, we don't hang out for tea and chit chat like this. We telepathically communicate. So meaning like I have a feeling and a sense of what I wanna to communicate to you and I just show it to you mm -hmm. and you receive it and you're like, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. and then you respond, right? Mm -hmm. And so we have this, but it's not like we're talking to each mm -hmm. other, we just know. That's like a 3D It's thing. a very 3D. Yeah lower consciousness thing, it's very inaccurate. There can yeah. be all kinds of misunderstandings. Yep. Languages, right? tonation, yeah, all that stuff. Projections, yeah, all that stuff, yeah. right? All right, so we, t we normally, okay, normally meaning not when we're embodied, but at a higher level order, we don't talk, we telepathically communicate. Horses and dolphins and whales, things, uh, right? The, the language is of the heart, meaning that's how we telepathically communicate. So if you're in your heart space and not in your head, okay? So meaning, what does that mean? In the present moment, you're not thinking, right? That's what that horse was doing with me. Mm. He wasn't talking to me. He wasn't like, Karen, this is the one. Mm -mm. Notice the grid structure. <laughs> he wasn't no, saying anything. He was like pulling me right in that moment and then he was showing it to me, meaning he was communicating it to me so I had my experience of it. Does that mm, make sense? Yeah. That's how they communicate. It's not like they're thinking. Yeah. It's way beyond thought. Wow. Okay. And it's super fast and it's very complete. Yeah. So when you get to communicate with animals in this way that are a higher level order and it's telepathic like this, like I said, it's not a conversation about like where they like to pee. They don't care. This, do you understand what I'm mm -hmm. saying? It's a higher level sharing of mm -hmm. knowledge and experience. Mm -hmm. And that's how they communicate with each other, especially when the herd is, um, is uh, clear. You know, and they'll work on each other. You know, if one is having something going on, they'll they'll like do things to manage the energy of the the others that are weaker, so they can come up and join the herd at a higher order. It's fascinating. Wow. Yeah, dolphins will do the same thing. So I was curious about whales and whales dolphins. and dolphins yeah. also being of a higher level order. Yeah. They communicate telepathically. So if you think so, please know they're not thinking anything. It's it's way higher order order mm. than that. Mm. So it's through the heart space. So that's why I said you have to be in the present moment. You have to be of a high enough resonance. You can't want anything from them. If you want something from them, that's attachment. That's from the head. 
that do you know it's very human like i want something from you i want an outcome i want a communication i want to be shown something do you know what i mean mm-hmm. that's very will oriented mm-hmm. and it's very sort of grabby actually right yeah. because it's t- attached like i want something from you but if you're holding your space in the present moment it's just in your beingness now two beings can come together and communicate in a way that there's no grabbing right there's just a sharing of yeah. whatever needs to be shared in that mm-hmm. moment yeah wow, that's beautiful yeah so so different animals are different. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's remarkable to be in the presence of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really truly a gift. Mm. Yeah. Wow, thanks for sharing that. I'm sure yeah. a lot of people didn't even know that exists. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So this one is this person's asking, are there consequences to killing animals on spirit level? Mm-hmm. Does the intention matter? For mm-hmm. example, killing for food? for survival versus sport mm-hmm. versus um, euthanizing for compassionate death reasons? These mm-hmm. are good questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's no consequence to the animal, how it's how it dies. Okay? okay. So whether it gets shot by a hunter for sport, whether it's eaten by another animal, whether it, it dies of an old age, it doesn't matter because animals are in the present moment. So when they die, they dissolve back, they're, they're of the earth. So they just dissolve into that earth frequency. Okay, that's just what happens with them. The consequence of all the BS, basically, that we just talked about, mm-hmm. is to the human, okay? Because we're abusing them. Yeah. We're not being, resp- honestly, we're mm-hmm. not being responsible. Mm-hmm. And we are the ones who are taking in the distortion of what we're perpetuating. So it's not on the animal, it's more to us. So, and as we rise in consciousness and as um, we become more aware of our oneness, part of the things that will shift is how we treat our animals, you know? So, because we realize how they are influences us Mm -hmm. very directly, whether we're eating them or not, Mm -hmm. right? So um, the consequence is not to the animal, it's to us, for sure. Okay, that's a good distinction. Yeah. And then the last question is maybe a whole big topic, but do we as humans incarnate as other animals? We can. So there are some humans who um, do incarnate as animals, and they're also higher level beings that incarnate oh, as animals, say. right? Like certain cats. I've met certain cats because of you know people bring their pets online uh, onto sessions and stuff sometimes oh, sure. when they're passing away or um, or just because they're having an issue or whatnot. And I'll tap into a cat and I'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is not a cat. <laughs> I mean, I, I know it looks like a cat, but it's not. It's a higher mm-hmm. level being. Um, so some beings choose to incarnate as animals because they, to be honest, the mind and the distortion we have with time is heavy. Mm. So they don't necessarily want to experience that level of distortion. Sure. They want to come in and some, a lot of beings want to come in and help yeah. um, sometimes and they'll take on the animal form because they don't want to deal with the distortion of being human. Honestly, it's a lot. But they still uh, want to be in the earth plane. They want to be in the earth plane. They want to experience things. They want to yeah. s- help humanity in a certain way, whatever mm. it is they want to do. So they choose that form. Mm. Okay. Some humans will incarnate as animals. Not often, but it, it can happen. Yes. So humans can choose that. And it's interesting because, um, you know, we've mentioned this before, but as you rise in consciousness, the point is, if you awaken before you pass away physically, so before you die physically, if you awaken, even if it's a second before, or even if it's years before, it doesn't really matter. When you die, you have choice, okay? You literally, you have choice because you understand who you are as infinite mm-hmm. indestructible consciousness. That means you have choice as to what you do next. 
okay? You can move into the infinite field of pure source energy. You can be on the other side, helping as the being that you are. You can incarnate if you want to, and you get to choose your incarnation as opposed to you don't, because you're just running all your distortion patterns and you get spit into another lifetime where you're meant to resolve them. Oh, you're saying that's another option if you aren't awakened? If you are awake, you get to choose your incarnation. If If you're not, you get pulled into. Exactly. If you're not awake, you get pushed into an incarnation, not of your choice. One that mirrors your distortion at this current time. Okay, that tends to be how incarnation works. Mm. So um, some beings, some people, will choose to come in as animals, but you don't have to. So it's sort of like, it kind of depends. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of depends, yeah. Kind of depends. If you have that choice or Yeah, not. if you and have if that you choice or not, if you want to choose that, yeah. But most people don't come back as animals. They move up in order, meaning sure. they'll tend to come back as, as humans, just to make and, that clear. Yeah, yeah, and not that an animal is lower per se, because they're always in the present moment, but yeah. lower in terms of no mind. Yeah, or... so their consciousness is different. Okay. They don't have the op- same opportunity to rise in consciousness because they don't have a mind sure. in the same way. Sure. Right? They can't project their consciousness in the same way that we can. Mm-hmm. So therefore, the um, level of their personal upward momentum is different. Okay, so if you are a person, okay, wanting, if you're a secret type, okay, and mm-hmm. you want to move up in your resonance level, mm-hmm. Typically, you'll reincarnate as a human, okay? okay? Because you're, you you need that sort of package of mind consciousness to be able to move up in right, in and then to realize that you, you your brilliance and all the things. things, yeah, and okay. that you are infinite, indestructible consciousness. Okay. So, the beings that I said have come back in as animals tend to choose it, and they mm-hmm. choose it for a lifetime. Does that make sense? So, mm-hmm. a cat lives I don't know how many lives. I mean, how many years? Whatever years it is, right? So, it'll come in for that. But the being itself, when the the animal body dies. They don't usually reincarnate. You know what I mean? They'll go back to being. They just have an experience sure. on Earth. It's kind of like a vacation, yeah. right? You're, okay. like, you're like, oh, I'm gonna go to I don't know wherever Fiji for the week. Great, mm-hmm. but for them, it's like they happen to come into Earth as a cat or whatever it is they come in as. Makes oh, sense? Interesting. Yeah, or sometimes they're birds. It's kind of interesting. But oh. in any case, they'll choose that. But it tends to be for shorter periods of time. I haven't seen. Um, I have not yet, and I'm not saying it's not possible. But I have not yet met a pet where it's been the same being that's reincarnated over and over and over again as an animal. Does that make oh, sense? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I haven't, no, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Yeah. I'm just saying I haven't met them yet. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. We might have to have a whole episode on reincarnation. <laughs> Probably. interesting. It is totally interesting. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you, Karen. This was really helpful. For those of you who are new, we're about to start the Group Frequency Calibration, or GFC. This is the most important part of this episode because it's where we actually do the frequency work and where change is catalyzed. So I invite you to settle in and get comfortable. You can sit, stand, or lie down, or if you prefer to walk around slowly, you could even do that too. If during the GFC you find that you start falling asleep, even if you didn't feel tired when you started, just let yourself drift off. That just means that the frequencies are really high and it's more efficient for you to be asleep to integrate them. If this happens, it's good to listen to the GFC portion again a few times until you can stay awake for the whole thing. That's how you'll know you've integrated those higher resonating frequencies. Because I'm working on the frequency level, these GFCs are not like regular meditations, and many people find that they go into varying degrees of altered state. Please definitely do not drive 
while listening to this. Okay, here we go. Welcome everyone to the group Frequency Calibration for Frequencies and FIDO. Uh, we'll call it the animal, <laughs> the animal GFC. So the uh, intention or the purpose of this particular GFC is to help you come into that present moment that animals can help us come into. Okay, so there are many ways to get into the present moment. Um, and uh, I will, animals obviously is being connected to animals is one way to do that because they hold the present moment as discussed in the interview. Um, the other, of course, is to connect to the earth in some ways if you go out to nature. And the other is to be pulled into the center point or the zero point of space and time, uh, which is what I'll do for you on frequency level. If you're not sure what the zero point of space and time is, I do recommend watching episode 151, The Foundation of the Illusion the center point of space and time, or excuse me, the zero point of space and time. All right, settling in. Becoming aware of the body. Noticing your body from the bottoms of your feet all the way up to the crown of your head, or vice versa. Okay, just noticing your entire body. Noticing the points of contact of your body to whatever is supporting you. So if you're standing up, that would be the soles of your feet. If you're lying down, the backside of your body. Okay, and it's not all the same, just noticing the points of contact. And also, if you're sitting, different parts of the legs, the butt, back body. Just noticing the points of contact to whatever is supporting you and how much weight, relatively speaking, each of these points of contact bear. Now, depending on how experienced you are, you can get very granular with this, like within millimeters okay, of how much weight each of these points of contact bears. Good. Excellent. Yep. And now, becoming aware of the backs of the knees, just noticing if the backs of the knees are warm or cool, they're a little sweaty, what they're touching, if they're the same, because they may not be. Yeah. Excellent. And now please become aware of the soles of your feet. And notice if you just notice the soles of your feet and kind of stop. Or if you can notice the details like 
the space between the toe pads and the rest of the foot, or the edges of your feet, the length of the arch of the foot versus the heel. So just notice all of these different nuances, these details on the soles of your feet. Good. And now become aware of your breath. And as you become aware of your breath, notice if you judge yourself or try to make your breath different than it is. So just notice your breath for the next couple of breaths without changing it. Yeah. And after a couple of breaths, allowing your breath to deepen. to take up much more room inside the body. And to really elongate. Yeah. And if you can imagine your breath starting to expand and contract in all directions around you, kind of like a balloon. You're in the middle of the balloon, and the balloon expands and contracts in all directions around you. Mm -hmm. Cultivating spherical awareness. Good. And now please become aware of your surroundings. So if you are more experienced and you can soften your focus such that you're aware of all the layers of sensory experience, please go ahead and do that. Or if you're brand new or just prefer to narrow your attention into one particular sense, please become aware of the sound around you, both on your end and on my end. Noticing not only the sound, especially the ones that are closer to you that are more repetitive, that we sort of dismiss as white noise that we don't really notice. Mm -hmm. Noticing the sounds and the direction from which the sound is coming. Good. Excellent. And now please blink your eyes open, noticing the quality of the light, which changes moment to moment, day to day season to season, just noticing the quality of the light 
And once you've noticed the quality of the light, mm -hmm, please triangulate. And for those of you who are new, triangulation simply means to become aware of three inanimate objects in the space around you. What those inanimate objects are is not important. And what you will notice is the distance between the inanimate object in you and then feeling that distance. So for example, if object A is the window, the window is about seven feet away from you. So you would notice the distance between the window and you, and then you would feel that distance. And you do the same thing for objects B and C. And you'll notice that as you do this, your sense of <clears throat> where you are in space starts to clarify, become more in focus and more present for you. So whenever you finish triangulating, blinking your eyes closed, and bringing your attention to what I call the upper solar plexus. So your solar plexus is between your belly button and your ribs. Okay, so if you find the midpoint between your belly button and your ribs, you find the midpoint above the midpoint towards the ribs is the upper half of the solar plexus. So just bringing your attention to this part of the body, placing your hand here whenever you arrive. Breathing normally with your eyes closed. We're going to take a single breath together, inhaling, holding your breath for a count of five. And when you've completed that five count, releasing the breath at the speed and the intensity you prefer, holding your breath out for a count of five. whenever you finish that one single long breath, having your breath return to normal. And as you're completing that one single long breath, and as we wait for the mastermind to coalesce and become coherent, please note for those of you who are new that I'm working on you at the group and the subgroup level that I do sometimes work in silence. It really depends on the mastermind, how fast the mastermind is and the frequency resonance that we can access together. But depending on the mastermind, if the frequency resonance is high, I will get very quiet, okay? Because it doesn't um, help you <clears throat> if I make noise at that point or make a sound because it just drops the resonance. You will also hear me make sound. So you may hear me yawn or hum or exhale sharply. And if I say something that really resonates with you, it's likely yours. And if I say something that you really resist, 
it's unlikely yours. So I invite you to remain open, curious, and to explore further. Now that the mastermind has become coherent, bringing your attention now, please, to the inside of your lower ribs. Let's go ahead and ask ourselves the following question. How can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? And as you ask yourself that question, Please imagine, sense, feel, or become aware of the space at the very center of your body. And as you become aware of this surprisingly vast space, imagining, sensing, feeling, or becoming aware of a brilliance at its very core, that starts to brighten and intensify because you have your attention on it. And as it intensifies, it then starts to expand outwards in all directions. through all of your cells, out through your organs, moving out through your bones, your muscles and flesh, out through the pores of your skin, into the space between your physical body and your spirit body, which is a sphere at arm's length all around you. Please become very aware of the brilliance within the sphere. Mm -hmm. And now please become aware of the space all around the sphere. And as you become aware of this infinite space, holding your frequency resonance even higher, irrespective of where it began, how high your frequency resonance is determines everything from what your reality looks like how you perceive it, and how much momentum you can have to release more distortion patterns on spirit level. This is one of the most important things we do together.
Good. Bringing your attention to your entire solar plexus now, please, which is between your belly button and your rib cage, both on the front and the back side of the body. Okay, so it's like you're wearing a cummerbund around your entire midsection. Mm -hmm. All right, <clears throat> so this is about resistance to coming into the zero point. Now, it may sound odd that you resist the zero point, uh, but sometimes we resist what we know is good for us. It's kind of like a little kid who's really tired and won't go to sleep, right? They kind of have a meltdown. Well, we, we have the same thing, except it's not that we're tired, it's that we're not in the zero. So just releasing this resistance. So for some of you, this resistance is just one layer. And for others of you, it's many more, okay? It sort of depends on who you are. So some of you, it's very easy to come into the zero point. For others of you, it's much harder because you have a lot more mental chatter, a lot more time distortion, okay? So releasing the resistance. Good. Imagining a very clear, almost like sky blue light that comes up from the very center view and expands out through this midsection space of the body. Yeah. And as it expands, you soften, okay? So it's a really beautiful blue. So it's like you want to dive into that blue, allowing yourself to dissolve into it. So that feeling of melting into or softening. Excellent. Yep. Good. Bring your attention now, please, to the center point of your solar plexus. So again, solar plexus is between your belly button and your ribs. So finding that center point between those two spots, putting a finger or a hand on this point, just keeping your attention here, pulling you into the zero point of space and time.
Good. Mm -hmm. Bring your attention now, please, to the xiphoid process, just at the base of the sternum, which is that big, thick bone in the center of your chest where your ribs meet in front of your body. So just beneath that sternum, if you trace it from top to bottom, where it goes from bone to flesh, and it's a little bit tender when you press in it, that's your xiphoid process. From there, about three inches or seven centimeters directly down in a straight line towards the belly button. Clearing out your pain body, because your pain body has a memory of you before the frequency work was done. It just makes it harder to integrate. So we're just clearing it out and resetting it. So everything is moving in alignment. Only takes a couple of seconds. Good. This brings us to the end of this group frequency calibration. I look forward to working with you on the next GFC. If the topic of this GFC resonates with you, it's very likely that more work than can be provided in this one GFC is needed to clear or loosen deeply held distortion patterns in areas that are sticky. Because these patterns are like layers of an onion, usually there are multiple layers to individual topics. Depending on how much of a challenge this topic is for you, it may make sense for you to go deeper than what this one session allows. If you feel this is the case for you, please visit sphericalluminosity.com for more targeted support. If you'd like an opportunity to ask me questions in real time, then subscribe to the Spherical Luminosity YouTube channel and click the reminder bell to be notified when I'm about to go on live. For the latest news about upcoming events and to be notified when sessions with me are released, subscribe to our newsletter. Join us and let's rise together.